Hello and welcome once again to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat with Nick Bojard and Trevor Shoemakers. Hey Trevor. G'day Nick, how are you? I am absolutely super. So here we are, another Tuesday and it's episode two. Tuesdays are flying by, that's great, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so what's on our agenda to chat about today? So we're going to have a bit of a chat about marketing, I think we said, that we'd uh, have a think about marketing and what works and what doesn't work and, you know, probably lean it towards the smaller businesses and the accounting industry and so forth. And there's so much that goes on out there, especially with social media and so forth at the moment. So let's have a bit of a chat about that and see if we can help people out, at least give them the right direction of where where things should be going with that. Oh, that sounds cool. So I know we've done lots of marketing which works, and I know we've done lots of marketing which hasn't worked, and I know I, I see lots of marketing that really winds me up, um, and I see lots of marketing which doesn't wind me up. So there's a whole mix out there, and obviously we've got Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and whatever. Um, so why don't we start with what's worked? What things do you reckon have worked best, Trevor? For us, I, I think a lot of your – so when we've run a, a link to a webinar, then followed it up with something where we've provided something uh, of value to people to listen in on and we've provided um, solutions for them. So we're giving – that's where I feel that we get the best result from it. I don't know. Do you agree? I think you're right. Um, I think, you know, th things like this where we're just putting together a, a, you know, hopefully what's a useful set of stuff and just giving it away, I think that works well. It is without, without um, any product floggage, you know, that terminology in there where we're doing that, which we're creating brand awareness. And there's all these different things that you want to do within marketing, isn't there? It really depends on what your objective is at the end of the day. Um, but I think by going out and saying, here's my product, here's the price, do you want to buy it? And flicking that in front of people's faces a 100,000 times just annoys them. It turns into, you know, there's no value to them in the first place. And unless they're specifically looking for that particular thing, that doesn't interest them. Yeah, so I, I you know, I, I've been to a bunch of what they call modern market marketing seminars where we just talk about giving people what they need so they can go find it out themselves. But then whenever I bump into someone, they say, oh, I want to solve this problem. How do I solve it? So I'm not sure people are that good at finding things out themselves. What do you reckon? In terms of... Like researching their own. No, I think it's hard. I think they find it hard. And, you know, I was looking at something, in actual fact, today we were looking at a platform and comparing platforms platforms for a, a particular accounting firm. And we said, um, I said, how did you how did you come up with that solution? Why did you choose that? And I said, did you do any research? Have you got any papers or documentation? Were you doing any comparisons? And, and so forth. They said, you know what? No, it was a good salesperson. Wow. So they went down the path and then they went into it. And now we're now looking at the whole platform of what they've uh, put their website on and we're saying it's not that good. Wow. So, so that's an interesting. So I see that a lot. So I come from I come from the world of big business where we look at four different things. We do a we write up some documents on it, we test them out in the lab. I don't see any of that happening in small business. No, no, they'll go to a conference and they go along and you know, they get handed out a whole heap of cards and they grab those cards and they get annoyed and called and everything for weeks and weeks after that. And then they say, oh, well, we might as well give it a go because it's on a subscription-based model and it doesn't matter. We can cancel at any time. Yeah. Yeah, the wonderful fallacy of you can cancel at any time. And I must say, just quietly, we might have used that once or twice. So let's be nice. So, 
So let's start at the top, right? The event. And, and we've done loads of them. I remember going to an event with you where someone was running around telling us to get as many leads as we humanly can. And what I think he really meant was get as many names as you humanly can, but we never had the time to follow them up. So that didn't work. How do, how do you think we can best, let's say we, we spanked some money on going to an event. How can we get the best out of it? I think you've got to qualify your leads and you've really got to make got to find not just get names and put, get people to throw things in because they want to get a prize and so forth. I think you've got to really provide, again, that value, have the meetings with the people and book those meetings in and then say, let's, let's meet now, have a look at a few things and make sure and qualify it with them on the spot and sit down and say, this is going to suit you, it's not going to suit you. Let's not waste each other's time and move move on. Right? And then you're going to get quality leads to start with rather than sitting there and saying, oh, well, let's just get names and follow everybody up and annoy the crap out of everybody. And in the end, everybody's too nice and works it out that there was no way they were going to do business together anyway. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's certainly true. The, the other thing is if you follow up too late, you might as well have not bothered, right? Yeah, and if you've got too many, you can't do it. But, you know, this whole thing that I get with, a lot of people is I feel like, um, you know, they come out and they want to have a look at something and we're different now. We've got people that are coming to us and asking us and we're not, you know, for, for some help on something. Um, but I quickly say to them, I'm not going to drive you crazy. So if you think I'm going to do that, because we used to get a lot of feedback is that people, we didn't follow people up enough. And then we had other people said, oh, you're annoying and you ring me all the time and I don't want to deal with you anymore. It's sort of a real balancing act of it all, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, no, it certainly is. And I think where we are now, we don't, um, somebody can inquire and we'll work with them and we'll help them, but we're not going to keep phoning and phoning like a, a, a pressure marketing firm. I'm, I don't think this just, this doesn't sit with either of us as you don't feel good after doing that, right? What, what do you think about like the, you know, we, we did those telephone um, telemarketing campaigns where people rang up and then, you know, their objective was to get a meeting by hook or by crook. And then we get the meeting and, you know, I think it was, I would say it was mildly successful. Yeah, I think I think telemarketing is a lot about who you have on the end of the phone, right? Mm. So I've done lots of campaigns and I've done some which have been appalling. In fact, I'll give you an example. I got a phone call from a telephone service provider, one we use for our mobiles. And they phoned me up and said, um, oh, we want to give you unlimited data and give everybody on your plan a new phone. But because it came from an Indian call center, and because I get so many calls from Indian call centers, I told her to run away. Um, I then worked out by looking on their website that we probably should go and take them up on that offer. But but that's, that's telemarketing where I, I want what they're selling. I'm already a customer. I want to buy it. And they put me off by their telemarketing versus telemarketing, which we've done. And we've had some campaigns which have been really quite successful. Um, and, and maybe it might be worth on, on one of these getting uh, Matt, who's done some of our telemarketing actually on the line and having a chat with him about what he thinks works and doesn't work because he does a lot of calls, right? Yeah, again, but he was qualifying all the leads, wasn't he? We mm. said, he said, what is a person who, what, you know, who, who's your ideal client? What are you looking for? And he sat there and when he spoke to people, he went and really went through what their needs were and whether they suited our business. And that was whether we got a different type, different type of person, different lead coming through from there. It was um, a different process. Yeah, so, but he, he also, he also took some time to understand our product as well. Whereas 
Mm-hmm. I see a lot yeah. of telemarketing, telemarketing companies who, first of all, ask you for a script. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not a great script writer. <laughs> um, then, then they ask you for a list. So what have I got to do? I've got to provide the script. I've got to provide the customer. I've almost got to make the calls. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, I might as well do it myself. So it's, it's hard to find that right person to help. So we've, we've done, we've talked about events and we've talked about telemarketing. And, and one of the things I think might work well together is if you do an event and give all of the leads to someone in telemarketing to go make appointments, right? But also qualify them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's really important for the event to basic to, to grab that and qualify them, not just to be willingly handing handing cards out. Take have that opportunity for them to come and when they come and see you, they want to talk to you about what you're doing and really identify whether they're going to be a suitable customer for you or not. And you know, if they're not going to be, don't be offended. You know, that's a, it just really feels like in this space that there's a lot of people hang around it because they, they just want to be liked by everybody. So they're, you know, they're, they're constantly not telling you, I don't, I'll never buy your stuff. And, and, you know, for me, I'd say, thank you. That's cool. We'll catch it around and all that sort of stuff. And I don't have to waste my time, but you know, we, we, they, we do a lot of that. Don't we? Yeah, I think I think one of our mistakes we made in the past, and to be brutally honest, publicly as well, is we sold our software to customers who weren't ready or didn't want it, or you know, just using the power of the driver. We, we yeah. ended we ended up with customers who are unhappy because it was the wrong solution for them, but they bought it because we sold it to them. So that qualification is really important to create satisfied customers, right? Yeah, customer satisfaction it's really important. You know, you want to have you want to have people who are you know, promoting who are who are basic raving fans of your product, not the other way around where they see that your product is what's causing the pain that they've got there. That's a definite thing. Yeah, so that's that's a hard balance. So it's also one of the things which we spent years trying to get right, you know, with, with with greatest respect to us, is um is actually working out what our product was, right? So we both come from a world of professional services. You're an accountant. I was in IT professional services and we're building a software company. And so we always gravitate to going and delivering services to people, right? Yes. Rather than going, actually, what is our product? So if you're an accountant, are you a compliance person? Are you an advisory person? Do you work with you know, a certain vertical? Do you, What's your niche? What's your specialization? I think once we, as soon as we specialized, and went, you know, yeah, Home One's a software company, that's what we do. That's actually worked better for us because people are e- also easy, it's easier for them to put us into a box. Yeah, I, I'd say that. But I think initially, I think the market was trying to work out, you know, it was, you know, we were we were paving the, the road for all of this. So people were wanting to have the overall solution. And there was no one providing that overall solution at the time. So that's why we were doing that. And then... As the market evolved, other people came in and said, we can provide the solution, but we don't have the ability to create the product. And we were able to align ourselves back to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I see. I get it. Mm. I, I understand. Um, so that's... If you, even if you look at a lot of other products in the marketplace, you know, um, you know, and even if you look at zero, early days zero, 
were providing loads of solutions and loads of education around where they were going in the cloud, how to do it and all that sort of stuff. And I think if you go and look at them now, they're a lot more less inclined to get into that space and get into those discussions with you. It's sort of like, you know, that's up to you to educate yourself. We'll give you the training, we'll do all of those sort of things, but you've got to do that yourself. And uh, if you're not in that space, they're not really pushing hard to get you there. Yeah, and I think we're the same, right? We, we started off trying to push people towards the cloud and now we're at the position where if somebody says, you know, mm. like we heard in the early days, what's the cloud or <laughs> your cloud won't work today because it's all blue sky or other such you know, fatuous comments. <laughs> um, we just go, time's, time's not right. You go learn about it, come back to us when you're ready, right? Yeah, yeah, you need to, yeah, you're not, the, you're not ready for it. Yeah, that's the whole thing. So okay. we go on to then social media. What Let's, do you think about oh, that? The horrible, about evil. I've got four kids and it, it, scares, it scares the pants off me, social media, really. I've seen it work really well um, and I've seen it work horribly badly and all things in between. So let's let's go through them. So let's start with the, the um, commercial one. How about LinkedIn? Well, I don't think, uh, my opinion, I, th- I don't feel that LinkedIn is provides enough space you know people aren't on there there's not a need to go there as much as they would any of the other social media aspects it is supposed to be for the professionals and that's where you go and get your information and so forth i it's great for meeting people it's good for introductions it's good to have their details but um do you do business on it i don't know you tell me differently yeah, no, I'm I'm tempted to agree with you. And lots, I mean, I've posted lots of articles and got lots of views and do done all sorts of things on LinkedIn, but it's not the thing that creates me business. Um, it, I think it's great for your personal brand. It's yeah. kind of cool to say this is me, this is who I am, and certainly I, I won't hand up out a business card anymore. I'll say connect to me on LinkedIn. But there's very few deals I've done through LinkedIn. Um, I think there's more business in Facebook than there is in LinkedIn, personally. What do you think? I, I do, but it, that's where you get that whole thing of, you know, you see people, they get frustrated with the, um, I, I agree, and the reason is that people, a lot more people are in Facebook because that's where they want to be. They're on Facebook because they want to see what's going on, and then out of, out of the blue they're getting hit by um, articles. I, I actually see... We, if I looked at things and said, okay, when have I bought something? I would say that Instagram shop shop now has seemed to have a bit bigger impact on me. Okay. So I'm, I'm not an Instagram person. I don't use Instagram at all. I don't think I've ever got it on my phone. Um, <laughs> my, my big thing, which is slightly different, is YouTube. So I'll, I've got the YouTube app. I watch it religiously. I've got like 300 channels I subscribe to. Um, I don't watch TV anymore. I'll, I'll lie in bed and watch product reviews and go, oh, that's really interesting. In fact, half the kit I'm using to do this podcast, I got because I saw it on YouTube and then watched another yeah. review and another and another and went, oh, this is really cool and kind of created that desire in myself. So for me, it's video. For you, it's photos and by now. I do- Yeah, like photos. So what I like with Instagram is that you can, Again, you find things that you're interested in and then people, you know, I, I like my golf and I like watching golf videos and golf things and then it comes up. But what really, really interests me, Nick, is I either will go Google something and I'll Google it and I'll, let's say, okay, the other day I was looking for a new golf shirt. 
mm-hmm. and I wanted to see if there was an Oakley golf shirt that I could get. I was trying to find a particular color and all of those sort of things. And then up comes on Instagram, the Oakley golf shirt. Would you like to buy it? And then also, because I put something in a shopping cart, they started doing all this promotional stuff for me and offers to say, if I buy from my shopping cart through Instagram, then I will, then they'll give me this like free freight or they'll throw this in or they'll do that one to try and get me to close that shopping cart, which I thought was, um, and I don't know where they get that technology from. Let me scare you even more. Have you got a Google home? Yeah. Okay. So, so what you should do, and this is anybody who's got a Google home is is just go home when you, when you get home tonight, um, sit down and just have a conversation about something that you, you never buy. How about Bugatti or Maserati or something crazy like that? Um, and then see when that appears in your feed. Yeah. Is that only Instagram or even Facebook? It's everything. It's everything. everything. It starts appearing everywhere. In fact, if you use Gmail, the um, free public version, you'll get ads for that around your Gmail. So everything's listening out to you. Um, in fact, I was, um, I, was, I was shocked and appalled to see all of that actually is in your analytics in Google. So if you go into google.com slash my activity, you can actually see all of that and play back all your conversations. It's really quite scary. You can play back your own conversation. You can. But anyway, moving on. Um, oh, that, no, that, that's me no, 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 you. you can't move on from that now. <laughs> Everybody wants to know how the hell they do this because this then also comes to, you know, if you're looking for a particular customer, yep. then the best way to find out about it is that they're talking about it. Absolutely. Um, so what you want to do, and this is where you know, Google's business is selling ads, and if you're marketing, your business is getting your message in front of someone. And so that's why you use Google to find those sorts of things out. So if I go and have a look right now, um, uh, yeah, for example, I'm looking at um, my Google activity today. So if you go to myactivity.google.com, I can see I went to get up about a climate election. Now, I didn't actually go to that. It disappeared on my screen. I watched a YouTube video. Um, I went into Facebook. Um, I've got my Facebook messages in here. I've got the fact I went to Azure DevOps. I've got all sorts of different things I did. And while I was working, I was playing music on my phone and it told me exactly the music I was listening to. And all of that's there. And you can use that. Uh, Obviously, you can't get my data, but Google can. And Google can use that to help their advertisers buy whatever they want. What was that website you were saying? Myactivity.google.com. See, he's gone. He's going and looking for it now. I am. I'm going. Huge pause. (laughs) All right. I've got that so everybody else can. Yes, everyone else can see that. But the key thing I'm trying to say there is if you want to target people, if you want to target your ads, things like Google are a great place to go because they've got so much, and Facebook as well, they've got so much information on their users and their consumers you can get access to that data and the what you want to do and here's here's the trick is i think you want to get your message in front of someone who wants to read it when they want to read it you don't want to get your message in front of someone who doesn't want to read it because it annoys them and you don't want to get it in front of them when they don't when it's not the timing's wrong so it's those types of things are really important and that can reduce the cost of your ad program that can reduce the cost of your marketing and you can get in front of people at the right time and and you'd know and i'd know trevor when somebody comes to our website and says i want to buy it's not that hard to close no no but you've got to 
somehow you've got to let them know about your website or when they go to do it. So then they and then talk to me about like when they go searching for something. So they're searching for know, accounting services in yep. their area. How do you get your how do you get your product to come up the top of that search? So that's Google AdWords. And you can go into adwords.google.com and you can buy searches. Um, and you can but buy well, but, go on. Well, we all use different search engines. So if you've got an Apple, you're using a, a Safari search engine. So it's does still, that same? Um, I would assume that Safari is still driven by Google in the back end. I think almost everybody <laughs> is. There is Bing. Uh, I think yeah. if you're advertising to the States, um, Bing's a good option for you as well. But it don't, really doesn't exist down here. Um, down here Google's got so much of the market it's not funny so I would if I had a limited advertising budget here's what I do I'd put some ads on Facebook because I can target at certain people and demographics and geographies and I'd put some search terms on Google and then you have to keep on delivering content right so you can't just deliver you know, search terms and stuff like that, you have to, as we said right at the beginning of this podcast, you have to come up with something useful that people find useful. You can't just go, hey, here's my product. You possibly could, but then you're just a shop front. Um, But it's getting people engaged. It's creating a community. It's getting people who know about you. So when that time comes once in three years that they're buying the thing you sell, they think of you rather than the other guy. And trust is a big issue as well. Yeah, and you can build that, right? So you can, trust is built by engaging with people, being honest and having communications, right? Yeah. So things like we're doing right now, we're, do, we're doing a podcast, I'm not selling anybody anything on this podcast, right? We're just out yeah. there having a chat, talking about what we do. And people go, well, why are you doing that? Well, hey, because I like chatting to Trevor and it's, it's a cool way. <laughs> of, where we started that's it. where we started it. But B, you get an idea for who we are and what we think. And if you like who we are and what we think, you might want to talk to us about products we sell, right? But that's not the, the primary point of this podcast is not to sell you stuff. It's to educate, it's to share things we've learned and tell you about them. And, and that, I think that's kind of cool. Yep. You're still, so, you're still looking at that website, aren't you? No, no, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about this whole, how this all ties in together and it ends up in the, so one thing that you said is, you know, one thing I said is because I look on Instagram, and because I've thought and spoke about something in particular, out of the blue, it turns up. You know, like I've been for a walk with my dog and talked about a particular product, and it end, ended up in my Instagram feed. And one, it scares me that someone's listening to me, and they deny it, don't they? They deny they don't that they use that. Is that they I, use I, that information? I don't think they deny that at all, Trevor. Um, uh, okay. personalization is something that they tr- actually advertise they try to do because they're trying to make the web better for you, right? So having the web personalize itself for you and what you need and what you like and what you do, I think is in a way it's, it's evil, but it's a good thing. You know, you're, you're getting things you're interested in, it's more relevant to you, etc. And And, and you, you can see how people think they're doing the right thing by doing that. So why does it annoy so many people? Is it just the fact that I'm sick, you know, today we're not used to it. Um, you know, if you think about like our television commercials 20 years ago, it drove, it was driving people mad. Now, well, actually everybody's bypassed it exactly like you don't watch TV anymore. You watch YouTube, you watch what you want. If I look at my, my kids, they're exactly the same. They find TV turned on watching 
uh, free-to-air TV quite strange. They just don't do it. <laughs> Annoying is the point because they don't want to watch the ads. Yeah, well, I don't, we don't watch free-to-air TV either. We don't want to watch the ads. In fact, I had a colleague who um, the remote ran out of batteries and they had none at home and the kids got totally upset they couldn't pause live TV because they're totally <laughs> used to that's how it works. So yeah, yeah. I can't, don't think I can watch a film with ads in it anymore. I don't like going to the cinema and watching ads at the beginning of a, a show. And I've lost the, I don't like that stuff anymore. That's really changed. So, so with the Instagram and Facebook, it comes up, but you can quickly go past it if you're not interested. So it doesn't annoy you as much. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. If it um, does interest you. You click into it. Yeah. Or so. you buy, you buy YouTube reds and you don't have any adverts in YouTube anymore. Yeah. Mm. So how do you watch Game of Thrones, Nick? I don't. I've never watched oh, an episode watch of Game of Thrones ever. <laughs> That's my, my claim to fame. Um, my my oldest daughter has... Uh, we had um, we had an internet outage over the weekend. And my oldest daughter went and bought a Vo- Foxtel subscription and then came upstairs. She was upset. She'd used 25 gigs of data. I went, <laughs> That's watching Game of Thrones, right? It's, it's six to eight gigs an episode. It doesn't take very long. No. no. <laughs> oh, dear. Cool. Anyway, so right. that's kind of a, a, a whistle-stop tour around marketing, but I think, what, what are we saying? We're saying do an event, do a follow-up using a telemarketing service, um, advertise on social, make sure you're picked up by people who want things, and create content that people find useful. Any other words of wisdom? Uh, and qualify. Qualify the person. Make sure that they don't just get names for the sake of names because they're putting their names in a box, which is seems to be the big competition all the time when you're anywhere. Um, really, really ensure that that person's the right person for your product and ensure that they, they, they're ready to buy. It's not they're doing their research. If they're doing their research, give them the information, share them the information. You prepare something like this where they can come along and learn without having to, you're thinking they're in your sales queue. And they call, you call them nurturing campaigns, isn't it? I think we call them nurturing campaigns. <laughs> and I probably think that's enough nurturing for a Tuesday. So thanks again, okay. Trevor. That's been a whole thanks, heap Steve. of fun. Um, and we'll catch everybody next week. See you later. See you later. Bye-bye.